Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening and welcome to the History of Alchemy podcast. I'm Travis Dow. And I'm Pete Coleman from the Bohemian podcast. And this show's kind of special because we decided to dig a little further into a mystery and a little further than the internet would allow in English. So uh, we're going to change that tonight. We're going to make uh, English internet history here. And, and you have a front row seat for it, folks. That's right. Unless you're sitting in the... Okay, anyways. We'll start with Basil Valentine, who was an alchemist whose true identity is unknown. We're going to kind of get beneath this mystery and, and take a look and see if we can't find out who he, who he really was and who that person really was. So Basil Valentine is the anglicized version of the name Basilius Valentinus, who was allegedly a 15th century alchemist. And there are claims that, or I would say the, the mainstream story goes that he was a Benedictine monk in the um, canon of the Benedictine Priory of St. Peter in Erfurt, Germany. But historians that try to dig into that past and uh, look him up have found that there is no monk by that name. In fact, there's no monk at all by that name before around 1600. And uh, during the 18th century, a theory was floated around who it could be, namely his publisher. And we'll, we'll look into that a little bit. Some even more modern uh, historians would say that it was probably mostly his pu- publisher, but that others were somehow involved, or at least he was influenced by others. So let's get into the, we don't know anything about his life, obviously, but let's get into the writings of this Basilus. The Basil Valentine writings provided 12 keys, and I say keys in quotation marks here, as a widely re- reproduced sequence of alchemical operations encoded allegorically, both in words and in images. The images were essential to the communication and had, a, had to depict the same scene regardless of the artistry. So um, it, it really kind of varied uh, quite a bit there. Numerous publications on alchemy in Latin and German were published under the same name Basil Valentine. They had been translated into many European languages, including English, French, Russian, and others. And you can find some of these writings online if you're pretty curious and you want to go digging. Yeah, there's... Um the ones that were in Latin only, or that were published originally in Latin only, is the Triumphal Chariot of Antimony. And I think he had, he had a couple of writings on just on antimony and that kind of thing. And there's another one that's the Twelve Philosophical Keys, I believe. I found that one online, so you, could, you can read it in its entirety. And then in Latin and German, he published Porta Sophica, the Medicine of Metals, of Things Natural and Supernatural, of the First Tincture, Root, and Spirit of Metals, um, which also, it's interesting that he wrote things on, on medicine because the publisher, his publisher, also published other books on medicine. So there, there's, there's some things in common here. Uh, also a, a book on, on chemical experiment, experimentation, as you would ex- expect, uh, including his last will and testament. So that's, you know, we know about his, his writings. His, I skimmed through one of them online, and um, it is really interesting when you mention the allegorical parts. Like there's, there's a lot of 
imagery and a lot of kind of symbols and you know coded meaning it's really run of the mill kind of things he he talks about well one of run of the mill to us i guess um he talks about the same kind of theories that Sendivogius believed in which was was from the same time period that you would distill gold to its purest form and that would be the seed of you know to make to make the philosopher's stone so because it has so much in common we don't need to kind of go over that again i, I would much rather talk about who this person really was. There we come across a guy named Johann Tölde, and that's about where your English will stop. Your, that's about where your English knowledge will get you. So, But, but if you dig in, into, like, say, German Wikipedia or, or German sol, um, sources, this Johann Tölde was also kind of a, a known figure in his own right. Johann Tölde lived in uh, from 1565 to 1614 to kind of give you an idea of his life life range and was born in uh, Grebendorf near Eschwege which is in in Hesia. Yep. All right. Give you an idea. He also was a a German alchemist, salt extractor, author, and publisher, man about town, if you will. Uh, He knows, uh, he's known um, as the grandfather of salt winning methods. What does that mean, Travis? Well, there there was a much better word for it in German. (laughs) Okay, what's the word in German? um, so yeah, in, in German circles, he's he's known as the grandfather of, let's say, salt mining. But it's not just salt mining; it's like salt evaporation ponds, and you know, um, in fact, he's he's from a long line of of salt workers of various formats. But but people that kind of got salt one way or another. Well, besides having a blue collar background, uh, he also was a very educated man. He studied at the University of Erfurt and Jena. He married in the town of Frankenhausen, uh, which is, by the way, another salt town. Uh, and it was uh, on the town council there as well. In 1608, he was put in charge of a salt mining operation or district near ba- Bamberg, uh, and which what happened after that is pretty much unknown to us in history, at least until his death in 1614 that we mentioned before. Yeah, I kind of found it interesting that he was such a salt guy because you know salt is one of the three main components of, of alchemy besides sulfur and mercury. So, I mean, even that tiny connections just kind of interesting i mean he obviously would have known a lot about it he wrote a lot about it that's the thing he's now mostly you know at least under that name that's what he's mostly known for he he is the one that published all the works of this mysterious basilis valentine so that's you know pretty interesting he also published a work on antimony by alexanders von zuchten who's he's he's on my to-do list of, of alchemists to to research and do a show on He's another really famous German alchemist. And in 1603, he wrote and published a book called Halligraphia, which, which that's, so that's the word, at least in German, or, you know, coming from Latin, which is to, to win salt, like salt mining, salt evaporation, all that kind of thing. Um, in that book, he summarized all knowledge to that point of salt extraction in any kind of way. He, dis- he described some 50 salt mines and evaporation ponds in Central Europe, he also published a book for noblemen called Moritz the Learned, uh, Maurice Landgrave of uh, Hesha Kessel. The uh, report of the abhorrent sickness of the Red uh, Ruhr, the, like the Ruhr area. So there was obviously some disease that went through, and he, and he published something on it. Kind of interesting fella. Um, yeah, I think um, at least for our English speakers, we were able to uh, uncover a little bit of a mystery and see who this mysterious guy was. And, uh, yeah, that's always kind of fun to um, do. 
I we, we try to do our best here on, on this podcast to kind of enlighten our audience as well as ourselves. Uh, look, you know, really diving into people that might get lost in the mix in history here, um, and uh, this is this guy really is no exception. Yeah, Basilis's writings are pretty easy to find online, and that's if you want a good example of a pretty solid run of the mill kind of theories of like he, he has a couple of alchemical uh, alchemical recipes on there a lot of symbolism you can find illustrations that were in his books so that's that's all pretty interesting stuff to look up so yeah uh, thank you very much for listening thanks see you next time traffic jams tailgating pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.